Hey everyone, we are back for a brand new series. I'm your host, Mai Ngo. In the second series, Parenting Beyond the Ordinary, we look at parenting from different perspectives. I talk to feminist dads, feminist politicians, black, queer, and trans parents, zero waste parents, and queer and black birth workers. Yeah, we've also got a brand new mailing list, so sign up to get all of the exclusives ahead of time. And please remember to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. The success of this podcast depends on you, and we so appreciate each time you tune in. Pregnancy, birth, parenting, it means so many different things to so many different people. What does living a healthy reproductive life mean in the context of reproductive justice? Our birth conversations are the kind that often get left out of the mainstream. I promise, like life, we'll leave you with some answers, but perhaps more questions. These are birth conversations that matter. These are the birth talks. Are you ready? Happy International Women's Day! Series two is launching on the most important day for women. So it makes total sense that I would start with um, feminist parents and what does it mean to raise a feminist kid? My first guest is counselor Catherine McKenney from Ottawa. And I sit down with Catherine to talk about the contentious F-bomb word and what it means to raise a feminist kid in a day and age where grassroots movements are really pushing for the fight for gender equality. So my name is Catherine McKenney. I am the city councillor for Somerset Ward here in the city of Ottawa. And uh, I am uh, in my first term as uh, as councillor. And I am the first openly queer woman uh, on Ottawa City Council. So that's uh, uh, something that both surprises me that it took so long, but uh, that I'm pretty proud of. Okay. So what, what does the word feminist uh, mean to you? Well, the word feminist for me um, has changed a bit over the years, you know, as I sort of grow, at, you know, into different roles, obviously, as I, you know, as a, as a young woman, you know, the word feminist for me meant that, you know, I, I needed to to fight to you know to have the same opportunities as as my brother you know I saw my brother having I remember once um, he and I were very close he's only a year younger than I am and I remember once when we were maybe seven and eight uh, he was able to change a, a bike tire and I said oh, where did you learn how to change a flat tire on your bike yeah. and he said oh dad taught me and I couldn't believe it that my father would teach him to yeah. change a bike tire, but but not me. And yeah. I realized then that there were going to be differences, and you know my mm-hmm. you know my struggle to to make sure that I you know had equal opportunity that I was treated the same. Um, I was going to have to take seriously. So you know that was that was what me as you know uh, as a as a uh, you know youth a young woman, and then as I you know later on as I became a parent. Um, you know, obviously, then my you know my idea of feminism was broadened because it it meant that I was looking out for other girls. I you know I have, I have three daughters, and uh, it's so important for me that that they succeed, that they you know that they take their place in the world, and that they you know that that they they also understand obviously their privilege because they do have privilege. But that they also understand that you know they have to make sure that they don't give up, 
you know, any distance, the, 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 any advantages to, to others that they are, you know, that they are able to advance in the world, that they don't accept sexual harassment, you know, whether it's in the workplace, in their pri private life. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it just, it broadened for me. It, it meant that I was looking out for others. And then, you know, as I, as I get older and, you know, obviously in my role today as, as a elected official, but even before that, I realized that, you know, because of who I am, because of some of the privilege that I have, I have a responsibility for, to other women and to make sure that, um, you know, I'm fighting the fight where I can do it so that, you know, so that other women who are either coming up, you know, behind me who are younger or uh, who are, you know, sort of uh, entering, whether it's into their careers or politics, have that opening that 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 mm -hmm. I provide that space that I'm you know I have the I have the ability to elevate people's voices just because of my role mm -hmm. and uh, it's something that I think about often and how I can do that without being a le being the leader I don't that's not what I need I just need to make sure that I'm opening up the space for mm -hmm. for other women to have that voice and for you know and to not to necessarily to lead but to to, to be a you know full ally with uh, with women. Yeah. Well, it, it might have been presumptuous of me, but do do you consider yourself a feminist? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I've always considered. <laughs> I think ever since that that bike tire story, oh, right. I, knew I was a feminist. <laughs> I knew yeah. that I needed. I, I may not have framed it in that way, but I knew then yeah. that there were differences. Because yeah. yeah. um, I know that feminism can be a contentious word in the political mm -hmm. arena. Yeah. Um, is that something that um, that you bring into your work or oh absolutely I do uh, and I do it unabashedly I think that it um, you know when I said that I was you know the first openly gay woman openly queer woman on, on Ottawa City Council I think that it's taken too long obviously mm -hmm. but you know if you look at you know the the political world that that I'm living in you know there are only four women out of 23 councillors mm -hmm. around that table uh, we're not very diverse. We're not racially diverse. We're, you know, gender. We're not. You know, we're not there in terms of that that equality. And uh, so I think it's even more important that not that that I just identify as feminist, but that I I live by feminist principles every day. And everybody in that people you know who I work with and who I represent know that and understand that and, and know that there's, you know, there's a really important place for that in, uh, in politics. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, um, so we can go back to parenting. Sure. Um, so what does being a feminist parent uh, mean to you? Well, you know, when I have, I, I have just daughters, mm -hmm. um, not just daughters, but you know, <laughs> I only have girls in the, in the family, um, only, only daughters and granddaughters. Are, Oddly enough, and I'm yeah. married to a woman. There's only women in the family. I'm yeah. not. Uh, uh, I'm not sure <laughs> um, how that changes my perspective. Um, it it would be interesting one day if I if I did uh, get one or two grandsons. I, I may still, uh, and how that would you know change my you know how I view my role as a parent as a grandparent. Um, but you know, I have friends who have sons who you know talk about uh, their you know what they feel is their obligation in, in raising sons, 
And, you know, on the, for me, you know, only having raised daughters, uh, it's been very important for me to instill in them this, this sense that, you know, again, they, they do have some privileges and they have to know what that is and they have to make sure that they, um, you know, that they function, you know, whether it's on the schoolyard with their friends, mm-hmm. you know, how they view the world, understanding what that privilege is. But at the same time, they're young girls um, and, um, you know, it's, it's very important for me that they, um, that they know um, a, they, you know, they, they have to, there, there will be uh, times when, you know, they will feel disadvantaged. There will be times when uh, they will have to, you know, step up and, 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 you know, take their place, take their rightful place, but they have to do it. And, you know, for me as a parent um, of, of girls and, uh, you know, granddaughters, uh, it's, you know, I, it's just so important that, um, you know, I don't want to say that I, I want to turn them into fighters, but I guess I do. I guess I want them to, I want them to have that strength and that strength of character mm-hmm. and, uh, and to bring people along with them at the same time, not just to fight for themselves, mm-hmm. uh, but to, to fight the good fight and to make sure that, uh, that they understand, you know, w- their whole place in, uh, in, in, in school, you know, as they advance in, in careers mm-hmm. and, and what that means for them. And, uh, yeah, that they, they do what they want to do, but they, they make sure that they're, you know, bringing others along with mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Do you, like, as, as a, a queer feminist yeah. parent, do you feel that there's differences, um, like when you're, for example, supporting your girls at school, mm-hmm. do you feel there's a difference in how you... Um, how your experience is compared to straight cisgendered families? Mm-hmm. You know, that's interesting. Um, our youngest daughter, so I have two older girls, and then I have a young young daughter who's still at home. She's 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's interesting because, you know, recently we've, we've dealt with a case where, you know, in, in her classroom she was being teased and... Um, was a, a boy her age so they're both 10 and you know so we kind of went through the whole process of it's not because he liked her right no okay, okay. <laughs> and we were clear just because somebody likes you they shouldn't be like yeah exactly they exactly. shouldn't be bugging you <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we you know we went through the whole process of you know if you're being teased and tell us tell them to stop which she did mm-hmm. reach out to a teacher which she did like we kind of walked her through all the steps and at the end you know there there wasn't resolution so we had to step in so you know but there 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 was a sensitivity obviously that you know here's these you know two moms stepping in to save their daughter from you know a boy who's teasing her and uh, I really had to think that one through where I'm not sure that you know, a, a straight couple would would have to think it through. You know, I didn't. We didn't want to be perceived as you know we we don't like boys because obviously we like boys. <laughs> you know, our daughter has got a lot of friends who are are boys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we we were thoughtful in how we approached it as as a result. Um, certainly, you know, uh, she goes to a you know. Diverse inner city school, so mm. the fact that she has two moms is never 
an issue that at least she's ever raised. Um, so that's good. So nowadays, at at the school that you're at, at least it's it's very well accepted. Uh, yes, yeah, so okay. even the neighborhood we live in, I think there are oh, that's great. There are probably more gay parents. Than right, straight parents. Than parents. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah. in kids in the East End where I live, mm-hmm. um, you still have tags being put on back like my kid came home with a backpack with a tag on it that their parents were coming to pick them up and it was a picture of a a man and a woman and the right. two children yes. so it's it really is dependent on the school so that's great absolutely to hear that, yeah that, that no it's right. yeah no the school that she's at is is it is it's it's diverse it's um yeah that, that's never been we've never had an issue around parenting around the fact that you know um our, our kids got gay parents it's, and again I mean uh, the neighborhood we live in is is actually a lot of gay parents. It's <laughs> yeah, kind of funny. <laughs> actually outnumbered. We do. Well, I think we do, and it's only the gay parents who are actually married. All right. of our straight friends are. <laughs> I've yeah. never actually officially gotten <laughs> married. Um, so we always laugh about that, how we've kind of taken on this more traditional role than, than they have. And I think that that happens to some extent. I think that, you know, I think that, uh, um, you know, obviously today, downtown Ottawa, we, you know, we don't experience any or very little discrimination. But at one time, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, so we were kind of, you know, it, it still happened a little bit. So I think that as parents, we just became a bit more, you know, maybe even small C conservative, if you will, to, you know, to, yeah. to, to make sure that we were a solid family and that we were providing that solidity for our kids. Right. And yeah. Can, yeah. So can I ask you um, yeah, in terms of, of how, how you raised your girls? Because I think, mm-hmm. um, I'll just go back to my example of watching yes. families in, in the East End, which yeah. is probably a lot more conservative, um, a lot more, um, you know, I think a lot of the kids face a lot more gender stereotypes of how Absolutely. they're raised. So, yes. you know, blue for boys and yeah. pink for girls. That's what yeah. my son came back home and he was like, blue is for boys and pink is for girls. I'm like, yeah. where did you learn this? Because it's not from us. Yes. Um, do you think that the way you've raised your girls, have they... Do they still face some of these gender stereotypes, mm-hmm. or because of the way you've raised them, how does that shape their worldview? That's very interesting because, as I said, I, I have two older girls, so I raised those uh, my older yeah. girls on my own, and uh, at that time, I remember it just wasn't uh, society wasn't nearly as gendered. Remember, mm-hmm. um, uh, my middle daughter, Trisha, who's now 31, mm-hmm. she loved The Little Mermaid. Loved The Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. But, and I remember buying her Little Mermaid clothes, and they were all purple. Like, I didn't have to fight the pink versus blue. Mm-hmm. But by the time Kenny came along, who's 10, uh, I don't know, we just entered this age of everything was so gendered you couldn't go into a store but half was pink half was blue hmm. can't buy kinder eggs but there's like kinder eggs for boys oh really kinder eggs for girls <laughs> lego for boys for right girls, yes, you that's know true, yeah so i remember early on you know because obviously in our house we're not gendered that you know we don't we don't live up to you know what i think are traditional gender roles um but yeah sure enough she would come home and say you know 
I have to wear pink. I'm a girl, and pink is my favorite color. Or I remember once she was playing with a friend, and they both wanted to be to be princesses. And her friend had, you know, straight parents, and uh, they both wanted to be princesses. So our daughter said, "No, you have to. One of us has to be a prince." And the other one said, no, let's just both be princesses and be married. And, and mm -hmm. ours, who was about five or six at the time, said, no, 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 we should be a prince and princess. Oh, that's I so was interesting. Like shocked. I'm like, oh my gosh, right. where does this come from? You know. But it's it, it really it's a machine working against you, right? Like everywhere, every book she opened, every time she turned on the television, went to see a movie, opened up a magazine, billboards, like. That's the message that she got constantly, right? That the world around her was, uh, you know, cisgendered. It was, you know, for the most part, uh, traditional, uh, you know, heterosexual families. And that's even, even though she had queer parents. She exactly. Was still that, by that. You're just influenced by everything around yeah. you. So it wasn't that she, um, you know, it wasn't that she was not, you know, certainly. She understood that you know a lot of her friends had gay parents, but the 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 external messages were just overwhelmed that, and it's we're just seeing it now that she's ten. It's very interesting that, and maybe it's because we didn't talk to her a lot about it, and maybe her friends' parents talked to their kids more about it because they were straight and wanted them to be more sensitive. Right. I think that might have happened because her friends seem much more progressive that way. Oh, that's so funny. It was very funny. So, But, you know, she's just sort of coming out of it now where she's like, oh, I can't believe you guys let me wear so much pink. And I, we, oh. we say, really? Because we never wanted you to. Right. You just loved it. Yeah. You know, so now she's getting into kind of the purples and the blacks and, the, you know, right. the different colors. So she's kind of working her way through that. But, uh, yeah, it was very interesting because I think as, as queer parents, we just... You know, we kind of stood back and said, well, we've done our job. Right. Everything around her, you know, is is yeah. very open and diverse. And maybe, yeah, I don't know, maybe other parents were were instilling that maybe a bit more in their kids. And yeah. I just thought it would rub off from us, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Society took over. That's so funny. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Do you think... Um, can we talk a bit about your experience, like parenting the yes. three girls? Because yes. the differences in the ages is really mm -hmm. interesting. Yes. Like, did you tell me a bit about your experiences from um, parenting on your own mm -hmm. as a queer parent mm -hmm. with the older ones who are thirty? Yes. Around, yes. And then now in a different generation. Well, I was, you know, I was alone with with my older ones, so it was it was different in that in that sense. Um, and uh, did you experience I mean, like hardships or um, challenges? Yeah, or? sure. I mean, anytime you parent by yourself, yeah. um, you know, certainly we, you know, had much less money, and and uh, uh, so, you know, one parent with two children is much different than two parents with one with one kid. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think that for me, I I often reflect back, and I you know because you know we're going back and you know say through the '90s when when they were uh, in school, and uh, um, it just really things just didn't seem as gendered, and you know obviously you know people weren't as out as much as they are. Mm -hmm. We didn't experience that. I certainly didn't experience that that type of discrimination. Maybe it's just the the world I lived in at the time. I was I was fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, I also always treated um, 
being a queer parent as being very normal and you know certainly uh, live very openly so there was you know and I always taught my kids to do that too you know if, if you don't give anybody a secret then there's nothing people can use against you right yeah. so um, without saying it that way I kind of tried to raise them that way mm. um, you know and then you know fast forward to you know today I have another daughter at home and uh, who's 10 uh, it was my wife who who uh, birthed her um, and uh, yeah it's it is different I mean things things are different but you know today we just live in a much more open I mean again we live in a city in a you know mm -hmm. pretty progressive city if you will and so we're we're fortunate like mm -hmm. we're not living in a small town we're not living you know there are other places in the world where that would be the case but but for us for our experience certainly living in downtown Ottawa and raising you know raising a girl but at the same time you know um, you know I always reminder that she or her friends like today you know when we think about uh, kids like she's got two I wouldn't say friends but two kids that she knows in her school who are transitioning who mm. identify as a different gender mm. and for her that's perfectly that's normal, normal. Oh, yeah. completely. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah. She just says that. Like, I remember one time we ran into uh, into this family in Westboro. We were out, and I said, oh, how do you know How do you know the, that little girl? She goes, oh, yeah, I know her. Well, I guess it's her brother because he's transitioned to being a boy. I said, oh, okay. But it, yeah. there was no questioning or she certainly didn't have to ask me about it she probably knows more than I do right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> more exposed to, yeah. to to these issues just on the you know on the ground on the playground it's really it's really quite interesting because I I think that uh, you know um, issues around you know uh, transitioning uh, trans kids it's really the next frontier and mm. and it's interesting because I think that it's happening you know when when I was younger, people, you know, I didn't come out until I was like twenty, my twenties, and mm -hmm. so you know that was that was even normal, even later in life. But now kids are starting to identify as a different gender when they're young, and kids can change the world the way adults can't. Yes, you know. Yes, and I see that. I see that with with Kenny. I see that with that cohort of kids mm -hmm. and. Uh, uh, that they just let the world change. They, they don't question it, right? They just mm. want, yeah. So that's that's something that's very different than, yeah. than what well, I even from Even from my generation. Sure, from, yeah. You know, just yeah. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's really exciting. To it see is, that. Yeah. yeah. And just how it's, yeah, it's, it's, people just, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't, I don't think for a moment that, you know, transitioning is, is is an easy process it can be a difficult process but uh, I really do think that if the kids are leading the way mm -hmm. I have all confidence that, that yeah. we'll do well definitely yeah. yeah yeah do you do you think or do you feel that you parent differently than um, other like if you were looking mm -hmm. at heterosexual parents do you think that you parent differently no no not the ones I know anyway. I yeah. Think that, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think that, uh, I think, you know, today, uh, you know, we do certainly, 
I don't even know that I really think about being a gay parent. I'll be honest. You know, I don't mm-hmm. think that you know until until something very specific comes up. I think more about being a feminist parent. I think than mm-hmm. being a, a gay parent. Um, and, uh, and and that's probably just because of the world that I live in, right? Like it's yeah. just so normalized and yeah. so normal. Um, Why do you think you think more about being a feminist parent? What what? Well, because I have girls, yeah, and uh, and you know, it, we you know we're seeing today where I mean we've always known, but it's it's out in the open today that you know, um, you know, women are are victims of sexual harassment, sexual abuse, um, and uh, sexual violence, gender-based violence, and uh, wage gaps. Wage gaps. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I often, you know, think back to uh, whenever I'm, you know, speaking to especially younger women, Mm -hmm. I always remind them that, you know, I think it was 1984 when we had uh, all candidates debate at the federal level, Mm -hmm. the the three federal leaders who were um, Ryan Mulroney, John Turner, and Ed Broadbent at the time, Mm -hmm. and uh, it was the only uh, all candidates debate that we've ever had at the federal level on women's issues alone. Mm-hmm. And the three issues that were debated in 1984 were pay equity, violence against women, and child care. Wow. So they're and still the same issues. It's the same issues. Yeah. We're in 2017. That's depressing. And it is depressing. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, as the, as the mother of girls, as the, you know, I think we've got so far to go. Yeah. Like, we just, we have not arrived. And, uh, I, I hope that in 20 years from now, they're not fighting the same the battles. The same stuff, yeah. Yeah, that if, things are changing. If yeah. you could, so if you can think about three principles mm-hmm. about being a feminist mm-hmm. parent, mm-hmm. what would those three mm. principles be? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Caught me there. <laughs> um, you know, certainly be fair. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that... Uh, you need to and be fair to be thoughtful you know I think that you always need to be considering uh, where you're at um, what you need to do to, to change the world and to bring people with you like mm-hmm. I, I think that you know you need to consider what you know you know what you have what uh, you know that what advantages you have that you can you can bring to, to make changes mm-hmm. so absolutely you know that that kind of that kind of thought process um, be strong mm-hmm. you know I strength is you know we need it as you know uh, anytime that you're marginalized or you know you're at a disadvantage you need to you need to have that strength but you need to find it you know not just from yourself but from each other and we have to you know we to, to make sure that you know we're working together to you know to, to make everybody's lives better and uh, um, yeah I would say that you know the you know uh, the, the, the whole you know to to always consider what what equity means and it's mm-hmm. not doesn't just mean that you're equal doesn't mean that everybody starts at the same place because everybody doesn't have the same privileges and the same advantages and to to really think through what 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 equity means and and to put yourself in in that place and uh, you know I, I when I was young um, 
I went to school uh, in uh, a small town in northern Ontario, and a lot of my friends were Indigenous. They, most of them lived on, on the reserve. And I remember I had one friend in particular, and uh, her father was actually uh, um, the, the leader in the, uh, in the reserve community. And she and I were always first and second, whether it was academically or uh, you know, track and field. We were always first and second, all from grade one through grade eight, mm. and and I realized at some point later on that for us to be equal, um, she needed to be exceptional and I needed to be average, mm. um, you know, because she had such a disadvantage to me. So I think we need to always consider that, you know, what what does equity really mean and how do we really achieve equity? And, and you have to know what your privilege is, you have to know what advantages you have, and mm-hmm. you have to make sure that, that everybody's starting on the same footing. Mm-hmm. And we'll all be important. better off. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so important, especially in the feminist you know, Absolutely. world, to, to Absolutely. think about that. Equity. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Okay. That's it, folks. Tune in to the next episode where I interview a feminist dad. Until then, live life, love true, and keep it real.